What's up? What's up? Reformers Collective. What's up to all you amazing world-changing men and women out there? I know what you're thinking. This ain't Becky Hennessy, and you know what? You right, it ain't. My name is Jamie Lynn Walnow, and I'm taking over today's Reformers Co. podcast to interview, once again, because you loved it so much last time, the one and only Queen Becky Hennessy. Come on. That was good. Can we just record that and keep that for every opening? I love it, Jamie. Well, I love you. And you know what? People clearly, based off the numbers this last time, they want to hear from you. They want to, we just want to go in and we want to hear what's going on. You have so much. I feel like if you did your own episode every week, it'd be crazy to hear the updates that happen every week because you're just, it's like you're a magnet to reformation in the city. It is crazy. The moment I took that on and says, I am a reformer. Literally that week, uh, people became, you know, people began to come into my life and opportunities and it was incredible. And it still is to this day. I can't, it's crazy what God is doing through Reformers Co. and what the future holds. It's it's so exciting. It is exciting. It's taken on its own. It really has been like a plot twist type thing with God. And to see you just run with it and be like, oh yeah, this is this is where we're headed. And you know, it makes me think when you said the moment you started to declare, I am a reformer, it's like when God spoke, he created something into existence. And you've like you used your words, you're created in his image. And look, so this is encouragement to everyone listening out there that Becky took charge. She took ownership of who God said she is, said it out loud. And you're listening today. It's fruit of her declaring that she's a reformer today. I know it really is. There's power in understanding the goodness of God on your life. You know, that he's for you. He's not against you, that he's got a plan and a purpose and and this is hope for everybody listening, man. I'm 64 years old and just now coming into the very purpose, raison d'etre, reason for my purpose, created in the image of God, but for a specific purpose in the earth. And so I'm I'm excited about what God is doing and what he is going to do. Me too. It's a joy to be around this. And honestly, I feel that momentum, for all of you listening, keep tuning in. I feel like it's impacted the momentum in my life and the things that God has called me to build. And But this isn't about me. I just wanted to side note that. So let's hop in. Okay. How God supernaturally puts the pieces together when you're not expecting. Just today, I did this videotaping for Project 5000, this idea that I came up with a few years ago to raise millions of dollars for missions. And um, the story began when I was a young teenager. I had a part-time job opening the mail at my father's ministry. He was the director of Teen Challenge in Cleveland, Ohio. And as a teenager, I had a part-time job to open the mail and the mail um, consisted of like $5, $10 offerings to that ministry. And every once in a while, you know, just every once in a while, there would be a check for $500 or $1,000. And when I would open that, such joy would come to my heart. I would call my dad up and say, dad, you're going to get paid this week. We just got a $1,000 check in the mail. But that began a passion for me and an interest for me, for me to be the one to give $1,000 to ministries. And so now we're giving away hundreds of thousands of dollars to missions organizations all over the world through this Project 5000. And do you see what I'm trying to say is that my, my experience that I had and that opportunity put it in my heart 
to be a world changer in raising money for um, nonprofits. And so it is in this reformers thing as well. It's incredible. That's amazing. So we've heard different bits and pieces of your story. That's the first time I heard that. That's, and it's so cool that looking back how that moment impacted your life more than you thought, even in that moment. And you are, you and Jim are so generous. So what are some other ways you feel that God has supernaturally put pieces together when you weren't expecting, even if it's something you had to look back and be like, wow, you went before me in that moment. And I had no idea. Yeah. Um, I can remember real clearly about 20 something years ago, my husband, Jim pastoring Trinity church, uh, became really close friends with our mayor and city manager. And they were having lunch one day, mayor Frankie and our city manager, Alan Sims and Jim, and he, they were at a restaurant and Jim literally heard the voice of the Lord say to him, it's time for you to resign Trinity church. I want you to resign pastoring Trinity church. And in Jim's mind, just in this, you know, nanosecond, it takes to think that he's like, really God, just now things are starting to actually start getting better for us and looking good. And the Lord says, I want you now to pastor your city. And so he began this journey with our mayor, with our city manager, with some of the businesses and other pastors of Cedar Hill to begin this um, thing called transformation vision that uh, through the church organizations, through the business people, that they were going to bring transformation to our city. And I was like, well, I want to, I want to be a part of that. I want to do something. Well, the need at that moment were the schools because we were actually losing business to our city because of the reputation of our schools. And so I said, okay, I'll do the schools. And I, yeah, I'm not an educator. I, I have no idea what, you know, that would even entail or, or, but I, I have a quick, I want to fix everything. So I'm like, I'll do that. I say that all the time. I'll do that. And so what I began to do was run and pray around every school. I got a map of my city out and I circled all the elementary schools, the junior high schools, the high school. And I was training for a marathon at the time. So I began to just do my runs around the schools. And I, and that just put the burden of the Lord for our education system, for our students, for our teachers on my heart. So from there, one Wednesday night at church, this young man comes up to me and says, Pastor Becky, would you be willing to host a Bible study for some coaches at Cedar Hill High School? Now, you understand for months now, um, a year now, I've been praying over the schools. And so, of course, this was the open door that I would get to go into the school. And so for the next 10 years, you guys, for the next 10 years, I went every week to do a Bible study for two to four coaches, you know, and then some of the girls of the basketball teams that opened up also for me and some of my friends. And, and I was just faithful with that, but that gave me a burden of the Lord for these coaches. So not only was I burdened and cared about the students that they would see revival and that they would see a move of God, but for this for the teachers, for the coaches, for the administrators, what they walked through in life as they were trying to coach and to teach. And, and so that became part of my DNA. And then through that, uh, people began to come in with their ministries to do schoolwork. Uh, Tara Bollinger with Inspire School Program, Reggie Dabbs and Jackson, you know, with uh, Jesus Clubs and all of these different things. And um, it was just impactful. We began to adopt schools and, and go in and say, how can we bless your teachers? How can we help the administrators? So it was just a kind of a, a role 
rolling thing by me just saying, I'll do that. I'll take on the schools. All of these things happened. And so then from there, the door opened for me to become the chaplain for the WNBA team, the Dallas Wings. And so now I'm in the chaplaincy. You know, one thing leads to another, the faithfulness of doing something small and just being faithful to that, just saying yes. That's what I've learned, Jamie. That's the key. The key is saying yes to the opportunity that is before you and walking through and being obedient and faithful to that little thing. And that little thing opens up the door for greater impact and greater responsibility. I love what God has done in my life. And that probably is the one thing that I have seen run through every person's story that we have interviewed on this podcast. I love that. I I hear a major solution in what you just said for our generation compared to your generation, because clearly each one kind of we take on our own, you know, personality, our own little quirks and, you know, strengths and weaknesses as a whole. And one thing that I one of many things that I love about your generation is you are faithful to start small and it leads to something else. And what I recognize through what you just shared, that is a huge key to millennials, to Gen Zers out there. I'm a millennial is you gain authority first in your dreams through prayer. And like you started by prayer and you were gaining authority in that place. And it's such a real place that I feel so, you know, the world is like, build, build, build. And God is like, just sit with me, pray Mm. and look what authority he gave you door after door after door by being so faithful. It's crazy because just by um, running and praying my city, literally two to three coaches, that was it. But that reputation has followed me into my city. And I have such authority in Cedar Hill, DeSoto and Duncanville because of that. That's crazy. And that's what God will do. He will take your yes and he will blow the wind on it. And it just becomes bigger and bigger. And he's working things that you cannot see even while you're doing it. So many stories like that. It's been amazing. I love this journey with Jesus as he takes us from one place to the next. That's so real. And can you address this for for all of us out there? When, you know, with the example you just gave with, you know, the running and then it moved to the Bible study in the school which then moved to other ministries coming in, which then moved to the WNBA. Okay. Were there moments where you're like, where you would have quit? Are there moments where you're like, okay, I'm done. And you're really glad you didn't. And what, what kept you going? Oh my goodness. So many times, like Jim would have this person that I really liked and they were having lunch together and I would have to miss it because it was my day for the Bible study. And I would have to say, no, I have a Bible study. I mean, there were so many times, um, especially the first year, I would stand by that door of the high school, waiting for them to open it up, unlock it for me, just weeping because the fear, the fear of not being able to make an impact on these girls, of not being able to have what I what I needed. I didn't want to just do a Bible study. I wanted to help them. I wanted to bless them. I wanted to bring a power of Holy Spirit into their lives and into that midst. And so many times I felt inadequate. I was tired. I wanted to go on vacation. I wanted to skip, you know, and I just remained faithful. I just remained faithful and I did it. And, um, 
you know, one time I was at the door waiting for them to unlock it. And I literally called my youth pastor on the phone yelling at him. (laughs) <laughs> saying, why are you not here? I am 55 years old. You're in your 20s or 30s. You're a youth pastor. You should be coming into the school. Why am I here? But God wanted me there because he was forming something in my life. Jamie, this is something I need to say, and I haven't ever said it before, but I had a perception of me that I was a quitter. I just felt like I never finished anything that I started. I had dozens of journals where I would start writing and I would never finish. I had craft projects. I had so many things. I never finished um, college. You know, there were so many things that I never finished. And so in my mind, I felt like I was someone who always quit. But through this obedience in the school and then different other areas now, uh, you know, I actually ended up training for a marathon. I did a triathlon what? This is the girl who always quit, who always quit when things got hard. But now I know I can do hard things. I can do hard things so that now when things get hard, I'm like, no, I can do hard things. I can persist. I can persevere. I can persevere through this because I can do hard things. And so that faithfulness taught me that I'm not a quitter. I can do hard things. That's amazing. I was getting really emotional while you're saying I always saw myself as a quitter because I just sense so strongly so many of you who are listening in are like, you feel like you've agreed with the fact that you're a quitter, but there's only one way to break that off you, right? That's right. Keep going. That's exactly right. Find something that you don't want to do and do it anyway, you know, and um, I'm telling you the reward on the other side. But uh, just another example of that, this is a silly thing, but uh, the very first week of COVID, Jim and I started a morning devos. Actually, for the first uh, four or five months, six months, we did three devos a day at 8 a.m., at noon, and at four every day. We got on that Instagram and Facebook Live, and um, and here we are two years later, and we're still doing morning devos every morning. And I have to tell you, we don't have a very large following. There's not the numbers that say, keep doing this. You are gaining traction, but we do not feel like we're supposed to start. We believe that the study of God's word verse by verse is very powerful and that we need to show people how to do that and to train young people and older people. And so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, every morning at 8 a.m., we keep doing it and it gets difficult. When we go on vacation to California, we have to get up at four to go on at six. You know, when we were just last week in Sarasota, Florida, visiting my brother, you know, we we carried our stuff with us and we did our daily devos. But I believe we believe that God's told us to do it. And when he tells us to stop, we'll be glad to stop. But he hasn't told us to stop yet. So I'm not sure yet what God is doing through this, but I'm expecting to hear a story from somebody else or that God will show us how God used that, you know, and if nothing else, just to be faithful to the obedience of the Lord. Yeah. You know, what's interesting about media in what you're saying, even about the Bible studies and the numbers is um, I remember going to my publisher and I was really discouraged about being called to media instead of X, Y, Z. And she was like, Jamie Lynn, I just want you to know that my husband got saved through media and never reached out to the person that he heard the gospel from, but he literally got saved 
and in their marriage and gave his entire life. And overnight, his life was different. Their marriage was different. And so even with what you're saying, it's so true. You really won't always hear feedback, but if it comes from the Lord and you're obeying him, (laughs) then that's good. And I think for you, when you look at so many different things that you've started, um, because you know, with media, it is a, how many followers do I have? How much feedback am I? It can be in the world. It's not like that for everybody, but that is a temptation that comes. How would you like, do you look back and remember those moments of all those times where the audience or the crowd or the following, or do you know what I'm trying to say? You know, I just was thinking about the times when I would do Bible study and, and, um, years ago, we've been doing this for 44 years, but even in our first church, I was so young and I didn't have the confidence that I could hear from the Lord myself. And so I was always using somebody else's material, you know, their book or their study, you know, that's what we do. And, and it, it lacked the anointing. It lacked the, um, power of God, you know, to transform lives. And um, I just think back about that and and how I seemed to fall so short, but God was forming these things in me. He caused in me a, a he caused in me a dissatisfaction for me to do life and ministry that way. I long for presence. I long for Holy Spirit. I long for him to come in. And so I had to become uh, dissatisfied with the way I was doing it, you know? And so just by being faithful and working through that, you know, you see the things that have impact and you know, the things that don't have life on it. And so part of what we're doing is learning what has life on it, what does not have life on it, you know? And if God is telling you to do it and it has life on it for you, then keep doing it, you know? And so those devos, um, every night when I go to bed at night, I'm thinking, oh man, I got to set the alarm at, you know, six, I got to get up and do it. And there's a little bit of a dread, but in the morning after I study God's word with Jim and after we do the devos, there's such life still in me for it. And so that's why we keep doing it. But yeah, you know, do what God is blowing on, do what you sense that he is, um, happy with that makes you happy. That's, that's what I'm, I'm learning is that when I am excited about something, I feel like that is saying, this has got the favor of the Lord on it and it makes it more easy. I guess that's the thing to do and more exciting. So, you know, you've got to pursue a lot of things. What does it say? You got to kiss a lot of frogs before you meet your prince, but you, you know, life experience teaches you a lot of things. And also, you know, it teaches us God's ways and and God's heart. Okay. So I have a, I have a big question for you then when you're interviewing all of these reformers and you're running alongside and you're raising reformers up, we're watching you and we're motivated to keep going and your practical solution content that you're sharing with us. I mean, it's just awesome. What are the commonalities you see in reformers when you're interviewing them? Like, like there has to be, there's something about all of these reformers that sticks out that you're like, this is, this is what I'm noticing. Yeah. The one, the first thing that I, um, notice that stands out of all reformers is that it starts out very small and it just um, being obedient to the small thing to, you know, taking that real estate class 
you know, to, to learn how to become a realtor uh, becomes the opportunity and opening door, you know, to buying a whole block of houses like Farrell or like at Bonton Farms, the guy who started it, he just said yes to a Bible study. He was living in North Dallas and God says, go find a group of people in the poorest area of Dallas and start a men's Bible study. And that has grown into this amazing garden and 80 acres of goats and chickens and housing. And it's incredible. So that's probably the first thing that I have to say that I notice by all reformers is that they just say yes to something really small, insignificant. And as they say yes to that, God just blows on that and, and it becomes so much more. One day, um, Cindy Jacobs just said, hey, do you want to go to Bonton Farms with me? And and so I did go with her that day. And God had it strategically planned that I met five people that have impacted my life with reformers, you know, Alonzo and Farrell and the DOC and Joseph and Trog, um, so many people that have connected with me. So you never know what the day is going to hold. You never know what going into that coffee shop and having a conversation, you know, put yourself out there, have confidence. Um, you know, I walked up to a group of middle-aged African-American men, you know, in their forties, fifties, and sixties at Bonton Farms. And here I am, and I walk up to them in their little circle of them having lunch and conversation. And I'm like, hi, I'm Becky Hennessy. I want to meet you because I'm a reformer and I'm having a reformers conference. And I think that you might be, you know, a reformer in the music industry. It happened to be the DOC, you guys, who is a legend from the 90s, right? And he came to the conference and spoke. And I don't know where that's going to lead to, but um, yeah, just, you know, having the anointing of the Holy Spirit to lead and to guide and to direct your paths and to just take advantage of wherever you show up at. It's just amazing what God will do. I love it. Thank you so much for joining me on your podcast. <laughs> but on a serious note, will you will you pray for us before we close this out? Sure. I just want to um, speak over you that the purpose and plan of God for your life is the thing that you long for the most and that he will direct your path as you seek him, as you put him first. If you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, everything else will fall into place. And the thing about it is, is that he loves you so much and he wants you walking in your fullness, in your destiny. And of course, the enemy does everything he can to keep you from that, to keep you thinking that you are not worthy, that you're not enough, that you've missed it, that you've made too many mistakes. But I just want to speak over you right now and that you are exactly where you need to be for God to get your attention and to move you into the next phase, the next level of the plans that he has for you. He is looking for men and women to progress his kingdom, to bring the kingdom of God. Maybe your, your family is so broken, you feel like you have nothing to offer, but I'm telling you, God uses the place of your pain to bring you into the place where you will reign as kings and queens in the earth. He uses the things that the enemy means to destroy your life, to turn it around for good. And so if you have brokenness in your family, just know that God is going to use you to bring restoration to families. If you have failed at businesses and you have not yet succeeded in the 
thoughts and the plans that you thought you would have. Just know that he has that failure to build upon now and he will bring you great success and influence in that sphere and in that um, area of influence and on and on. He takes you out of your pain. I, and I just speak that right now over you in the, in the name of Jesus. I just pray right now that your eyes would be open to the greatness that you have inside of you, to the greatness that you are to this world, that God wants you. He needs you, that you just right now understand how much God wants to partner with you to bring his goodness into a specific realm on this earth. And he will equip you. He will fill you. He will give you the wisdom. He will blow on your life, the Holy Spirit, with power and understanding. Come on, you guys. Just say yes. It's all he's looking for is your yes in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. If you're tuning in, you're definitely feeling the presence of God like I am right now and his love and so grateful for you. And listen, I have no problem. Nobody's paying me to say this. Nobody told me to say this, but check it out. Follow us on Instagram, Reformers Co. And also subscribe to the podcast and leave a written review. Leaving a written review helps the algorithms of the podcast take it further so more Reformers out there can discover Reformers Co. with the one and only Becky Hennessy. Hey, yeah. And before we leave, I want you to be made aware of an amazing class that we're going to start April 6th. It's going to be for 10 weeks on Wednesday night from 7 until 8.15, and it's going to be called Reformers 101. And my friend Dub Alexander will be one of the teachers there, and we're going to learn what sphere of society we're called to, how to hear the voice of the Lord, how to get downloads of wisdom, and how to make an impact in the world. So I just want to encourage you to set aside every Wednesday night for 10 weeks, beginning on April 6th, and join us at Trinity Church in Cedar Hill. I'm telling you, you will not be sorry. God will use this in your life to get you to the next place that He has for you. So join us at Reformers 101.